So one year we come rolling in sometime mid-May, and I'm telling you there are 25 spare tires <laughs> dropped over that flagpole from the ground at least two-thirds of the way up. How, I mean, how do you do that? Still don't know. I, I don't know Still don't know. Twenty something years yeah. later, I got no idea how they did it because steel belted radials too. Man. They were because yeah. the first thing maintenance did was try to cut them out, <laughs> and all they did was have sparks fly and tires spin, yeah. and nothing happened. Some students uh, somehow rearranged some shingle packages that were being used to re-roof Caldwell Hall, and they spelled Sea Rock City. A photographer took a picture of it and it made the AP wire <laughs> and so it was worldwide. That's the other thing too. The guys who do it right love the school. It's not a it's not a anything where they're trying to get back at you. They love the school and they kind of want to leave their mark and uh, and that's the fun of it, you know, to me. Y'all may have other ideas about it, but I No, I think mm. you're right. I think it is that combination, you know. It's harmless, it's fun, it's potentially annoying in the short term yeah. but it definitely has that underpinning of a love for Macaulay. What makes Macaulay such a special place for students and alumni? That's a question we often ask ourselves as we go about our jobs as teachers and administrators here on the Ridge and often it can turn into heady serious conversations but not always. Sometimes we find the gems of Macaulay's greatness through fun Lighthearted traditions are so treasured here on the Ridge, and that's what we're doing today. Hi, I'm Lee Burns, head of school at Macaulay. In this podcast, we have four of our great administrators sitting in the quadrangle talking and laughing about two springtime traditions at Macaulay, Duck Day and Senior Pranks. If you're an alum, you'll understand the specialness of both of those topics. And if you're not, don't worry, you'll soon understand. Hope this podcast will spark some memories and create some laughs. Well, we want to welcome everyone to this most unusual podcast. Uh, we're in the quadrangle at Macaulay School. Uh, of course, we're outside uh, in our beautiful quadrangle. Uh, you might hear a siren or two. You might hear mockingbirds. You might hear motorcycles backfiring as they go through the tunnel uh, on Macaulay Avenue. What you should not hear are the sounds of the voices of the boys. Um, they're still returning from break and as the times we live in getting COVID tested as we speak and we certainly hope for a good result there. Um, we're recording this on April 6th uh, and that's just before we start back for classes after spring break and we know that tomorrow Hank we'll hear boys quacking even more fervently uh, as they prepare for duck day. Uh, and that's our topic for the day is to talk a little bit about duck day which for those who didn't experience it or who um, are not alums of our school. That's a day where we uh, break for school um, without anyone knowing about it, we hope, and have games and um, competitions and really kind of like the old-fashioned field day. It's a great time. And then we thought we would move from Duck Day into some famous senior pranks. We probably won't mention all of those. Um, but we will certainly get to quite a few, I hope, in the time that we have. Um, and it's one of those things that, that the three of us and many of us, you'll hear us say over the years, uh, you know, remember the time. You know how you start a story, remember the time? Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. This is a member of the time, a uh, lot to laugh about, uh, 
about the creativity of Macaulay Boys. Uh, and I'm here with uh, good friends and colleagues, Mr. Steve Hearn. Hello, Hello. Kenny. Good, good to see you, Steve. Uh, you, like Hank and I, are um, been here long enough to see many of these pranks. Uh, our upper school principal, Hank Hopping, who served many roles at the school, he and I have been joined at the hip from day one um, and continued to do so, and it's one of the joys of my life. So, man, thanks that we're doing this together with you two guys. You have the ability to tell stories and a wonderful sense of humor, and uh, so we're looking forward to a great time. Pleasure to be here with you two guys. Yeah. Same, same here. Well, let's talk about Duck Day and how it kind of started. And then uh, I don't want to do all the talking, and I'm sure the two of you will not let me do all of the talking. <laughs> uh, but uh, it kind of it kind of evolved from uh, a tradition that began before, way before my time, called uh, Mapes Day, where boys would actually sometimes get out of school but I think it then even kind of evolved or devolved depending on how you look at it into a kite flying day on Sunday afternoon in Chickamauga Park is that right Steve? That's right it's called Harlow T. Mapes Day <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, Spencer and Dr. Spence and Michael Bailey some of the other teachers getting up on stage and doing this hilarious uh, kind of reveal of of uh, Harlow T. Mapes Day, and somehow they were trying to make it look like it's interesting. I don't quite <laughs> think many people bought into it, <laughs> but at least it planted the seed for the future. And yeah. so uh, I think out of that evolved some of the more contemporary things. Somehow yeah, I just can't see a bunch of Macaulay boys at Chickamauga Battlefield flying kites in the 21st century. Yeah, I but... don't think that'll last very long. <laughs> uh, I really don't. Well, by the time I got here in 83, I came in the fall of 83, there was no longer a Mapes Day. But what had become a tradition that boys were pushing for was Senior Skip Day, oh, which yeah. was chaos because mm -hmm. we couldn't, we had no control where they were going. Uh, it was very disruptive uh, <clears throat> from the standpoint of you know, just trying to prepare for AP exams and final exams. And uh, and so that was not sustainable either. Hank, were you here when we had Senior Skip Day? No, I missed Senior Skip Day. Yeah. I mean, it was, I remember boys talking about it, but it had just segued into Duck Day. Okay. And we had kind of, it was funny how the name got grabbed, Skip, Duck, and then yeah. the whole theme of quacks and ducks and all that madness had begun to, to grow pretty good size yeah well many other things like as with many other things at the school uh old bill eiselstein you know remember him baseball coach uh -huh. yeah. summer programs oh, yeah. director uh, calculus teacher bill was the uh faculty sponsor for keo kyle and i was helping him uh as a very young faculty member this would have been gosh you know 84 and that in that that era maybe 85 and uh, 1985 and he he said, look, we're not going to have Senior Skip Day. We're going to have Duck Day. And I said, what, what's Duck Day? And he said, well, that's the day you open the lake, and we're going to do all this stuff. And we had this. So he organized it. I helped a little bit, and uh, we kind of sprung it on the guys. They had no idea it was coming. But it was, uh, it's evolved quite a bit since then. It was this big earth ball, and the classes, you know, 100-plus boys were pushing the ball against each other, and it got, got rather nuts. That's one thing I remember about it. But. It then became, as, as it still is to some degree, the responsibility of Keo Kaio to sort it out and to, to establish the program. But it is a tradition now 
that uh, the only thing that will knock out the tradition of Duck Day is COVID-19, <laughs> uh, which, it, which it did last spring. Uh, and we are we have gotten clearance from our medical team, if you will, to have Duck Day this year in a, in a way that I think the boys will really enjoy. So we're looking forward to it. Of course, it's a secret and not something we can talk about. That's right. It used to be a secret from everybody. Like even Spencer didn't know about it back in the day. That is true. Didn't you have to spring it on him I one time? I did, yeah. We were we were out here in the quadrangle on a, the morning before chapel and it was cloudy and it was my responsibility. I think I was 28 years old to decide if we were gonna cancel school that day or not. And he's standing over me saying, it shows us today the day or not. And I'm looking at the weather, I have no idea. And I said, yeah, today's duck day. And so he, he just strode right into the chapel and said, today's duck day. And that, that was the way we announced it. And the kids didn't know whether to clap or, or lean back. Or, but uh, it's become much more elaborate since then. And that's uh, for sure. And it's, it's, it has a little more um, cooperation among all of the administrators and uh, the, the students. But even now, the faculty have no idea. Uh, they're not supposed to. Uh, yeah. But technically, they don't. Yeah. One thing I'm wondering is how did how did Duck Day and Tep Softball Tournament uh, blend together, or how did that all come about? Man, yeah. You know, did we do Tep Softball prior to? We did on the prior to the TWSAA yeah. fiasco. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was a big it was a big thing when I came. I think it was in its second or third year when I got here in '83. So okay. it was. Um, it was a, but it was a weekend in the spring. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't tied to Duck Day. Yeah. So the big one, the two biggest I remember of all time was, were in the late, in the mid 90s, when we got sideways with TWSAA and our varsity teams couldn't do playoffs. So our playoffs. season, <laughs> yeah, really. So our season ended probably late April. We folded TEP softball into duck day and it was huge we probably had 40 50 teams going on duck day everybody it was a it was a huge tournament you had maybe four or five teams that were good and then 40 teams that were not good we're never going to be good <laughs> but we're going to have a great time yeah. tossing that softball around all afternoon that was a lot of fun yeah it's, it's something it's, you really can't recapture that now with teams having their playoffs and 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 being so so kind of you know how that's kind of scattered throughout the calendar I do want to mention that uh, our colleague jim daughterill has just joined us so hey, jim, jim welcome Hello, good jim. to see you hey, welcome. Guys, yeah. thank you. jim may not be the only one to, to join our uh our uh, jovial band here uh, but uh, going back to the uh hey wait a minute kenny what no <laughs> you're talking about the softball it included not just students and not just teachers, but administrators. Oh, it did. And I've got a picture of one in particular, oh, and yeah. I wish you could <laughs> could share the story about with the, our our audience. Are you talking about Mr. Lewis, Mr. Ed Lewis? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for those of you who remember Mr. Lewis, who is a good friend of mine, and I love him dearly. Used to uh, be right after uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, he took he took anything that Ed Lewis did he took very seriously and so he would he would come out to the to the games in a particular uniform that, in, that involves uh, you know some kind of gleaming white tennis shoes or athletic shoes knee socks with stripes 
uh, really tight shorts that, that rode very high, uh, <laughs> and then whatever the team jersey was, and he always insisted on being the pitcher. And uh, Mr. Lewis was, um, you know, he was not without frank opinions about just about anything, and had shared many of those with the boys over the years, and so they, uh, all of a sudden, whenever he would pitch, they all tried to hit the ball back through the middle. Uh, <laughs> To hit safely, of course, not to hit Mr. Lewis, but sometimes he would take one or two on the shins, and uh, <laughs> those two tops, those two uh, tube socks weren't quite as as uh, no. He was quite the target out there. But I will say this for for Mr. Lewis, he's he's a really good athlete and uh, managed to take that with uh, most days with with a smile on his face. Um, the other thing I remember about those. Uh, those teams, Hank, you remember this too, the uh, names those guys would come up oh, with yeah. that uh, s- some we we really, some we didn't, maybe didn't know what they meant till after the fact, and I was glad of that. Others we found out beforehand, but you, yeah. were, you were on the front lines of that. Yeah, that uh, was the annual challenge of <laughs> the approval of the naming of the teams. Yeah. They'd come up with t-shirt designs and t-shirt names. I think the most interesting team I played on over the years was the Provocative Play Toys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, imagine all the things you can do with yeah. that name and the, the alliteration of the P, and they had lots of fun with that. The T-shirt design, even, I think they snuck one by that was a little interesting, so to speak. Uh, but, it, yeah, there were some good ones over the years. They definitely had some some pretty good t-shirt and team names they did it was it, it was always the the better your team was the the less likely you were to have one of those provocative names because you didn't want to get eliminated from the tournament <laughs> that's right but if you really yeah. knew you were going to be two and out then you know you didn't <laughs> you just you that was that was the the, the challenge rather than winning a game you know oh, yeah. yeah good time it really was uh there is one particular um Duck Day, as we uh, continue on talking about that, that I do want to talk about because it's connected to Jim, and it will segue us into maybe another part of uh, what we want to talk about. Of course, we can go back to Duck Day at any time, but uh, it, uh, you know, one of the one of the most fun things about Duck Day is the way that we spring it on the guys, and it always involves these these traditional hats, you know, the duck hat, yeah, your. What's your hat it's from? The Mad Hatter. Mad hat. Hatter. That's yeah. right. The yeah. Donald Duck hat. Donald Duck hat. Yeah, that, that, that was passed down to me from Bob Bailey. Who, the last time I saw Bob, he was standing on a motor. I mean, on a fire truck on campus, signaling to everyone that it was Duck Day as they had come out of chapel. So <laughs> Bob loved Duck Day. Bob Bailey was Duck Day. He, he thought that was the greatest thing ever. But uh, so there, there are some traditions that we always do. But really, other than that, it's it's this whole elaborate scheme of trying to fool everyone and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this particular time happened uh, in Jim Doddle's senior year uh, and involved his chapel talk. So, Jim, I'll, I'll let you pick that up and tell that story. I think that's, that's, that's probably one of the, the most classic cases of the blend of the senior plank, prank and, uh, and duck day. Sure, sure. So um, I'll tell it from, I guess, my perspective. Uh, it was my chapel talk was scheduled for, for the next day, and, so I was um, putting the finishing touches on that, and I'm sitting in the founders lobby. And some of my classmates before, you know, we talked about some senior pranks we wanted to potentially try to pull. And one of them uh, involved the chapel. 
And so as I'm sitting in the, on the sofa in the lobby and, and founders, my roommate comes in and he says, hey, Duck Day's tomorrow. I said, well, how, how do you know that? And this was when it was, it was kept a pretty good secret. So I think now, you know, guys maybe find out early or, um, or you know, we've had some in the middle school where they kind of know when the day is, but there was a pretty tight lid on it that year. But one of the, the boys, it was McKeever Barwick, class of 06. He lived in McClellan dorm. Um, you know, there, there's, some, there's some strategy there in trying to figure out when it is. You eliminate, you know, if there's a lot of sporting events or afternoon activities going on, that probably wasn't going to be a duck day because you have to cancel those. Right. So, you know, there's only four or five days maybe where it's just, maybe there's a JV game or something, but there's just really not much going on. So McKeever and some guys had narrowed it down and said, all right, this could be the day. And he called Krispy Kreme from his dorm phone, which we had landline phones where were commonly used then. Calls Krispy Kreme, it shows up as Macaulay on the caller ID. And he says, hey, I just wanted to confirm our large order for tomorrow morning, <laughs> uh, which is brilliant. Uh, and of course yeah. they say, yes, you know, we'll be there at, at 9 a.m., whatever it was. And so he hangs up the phone and says, boys, it's duck day. And so obviously that news in the dorms traveled pretty fast. So my roommate and some other guys um, said, hey, you know, we want to we want to try and pull one of these pranks. And I'd mentioned it involved the chapel and they wanted to flip all the pews around. He said, hey, we know it's your chapel talk, but since we are not going to have school and maybe it's a, you know, a good day for this, do you mind if we do it? And obviously I'm not going to tell them no, because these are some of my best friends and it's a it's a good idea. And so I said, just put the lectern in the back and I'll give the talk from back there. <laughs> well, so in the back of the chapel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh. So just flip it. If you're going to flip Macaulay, everything around. Macaulay Avenue side. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. The, if Depending on your point of reference there at the front of the chapel yeah. through the, yeah. the main entrance. And um, so the stage at that point would be in the back and I'd be on the ground level uh, <laughs> in the front. Well, uh, you know, I go to bed and they're up. He came in at, gosh, you know, four or five in the morning, um, having been up all night with the guys setting this thing up. And I get a voicemail on my, again, my landline phone from Shoal saying, hey, there's there's been a situation I need to come address it with you. It's, it's You may not be able to give your talk today. So I kind of played dumb going into his office, um, <laughs> knowing exactly what this is gonna be about. And he says, hey, they've, somebody's come in and flipped all the pews around in the chapel. And you were hot. I think uh, you were pretty yeah, upset. I was not happy. <laughs> it's pretty hot. And yeah. uh, and you said, man, they, I, you know, I can't believe they did this. I wonder if they knew it was duck day and how they found out. And so at that point I decided, you know, hey, I'm, I may as well let him in on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I shared. I didn't say McKeever's name. I said there was a guy who called Krispy Kreme. And I remember your response. You looked at me and you were kind of had the arms, one arm crossed, one arm on your chin shaking your head and you said dad gummit that is so smart <laughs> said, it's, it's pretty good um and uh we came up with a little scheme i guess you want to tell them the, the rest of that part oh yeah for so, the announcement? so now we find out that okay all these things that are supposed to be a surprise or they have to be so well organized and you got a bunch of guys just you know not organized themselves trying to handle all these logistics so uh, I asked Mr. Hopping to make sure that 
uh, he he got the fiscal plan involved and got the pews turned around, which we were able to do. We actually did it prior to chapel. Yeah, Looking back easy. on it, I kind of regret that. I wish we'd left yeah. it alone and made it and kind of run with it, but we didn't. And so we got it turned back around. Uh, but you know, still being irritated, I got in front of the boys and said, "All right, you figured it out." And uh, and then you reversed all the pews in the chapel. These cha- and these the pews are pretty rickety back then. That was our main concern. We're afraid they'd fall down, <laughs> and they're attached into the floor, so that that was important too. And they weren't when they were sitting there. And uh, I said uh, Duck Day, and I remember making a point of saying it ain't happening. I said that two or three times. You can forget it. <laughs> and so, but the whole point was Jim was in on it, and he knew that we were still going to do it. And so, Jim, your closing line to your chapel talk was? Yeah, I mentioned uh, on, at the end, it was, uh, I was talking about the tough parts of being tall and how I was really clumsy and had a story that went with that. And at the end of it said I was a, I was a lame duck. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you came out yeah, with the, the, the Donald Hunt. Yeah, yeah, I will say, Hank, Hank Bramlett, who uh, the director of boarding admission and worked in the admission office at that, that time, he knew it was Duck Day, and he said, I was still convinced when he went up there and chewed everybody out, that I was like, oh, it's not happening <laughs> anymore. So it was a pretty convincing uh, message that you yeah. shared, and uh, that was the point when everybody realized, hey, no, this is, we're still going to get it, and it's still going to be a fun day. Well, we had to do it. The donuts were already here, and uh, <laughs> along the inflatable, so if they'd have thought it through, they'd known I was bluffing, but, you know, if you I had, a, I had what, I guess, Teddy Roosevelt would call a bully pulpit there at the time and, and kind of took advantage of it. Well, one of the one of the things at the school that continues to be, uh, you know, part of the folklore, uh, folklore and, and part of our traditions are all these senior pranks. And uh, that's the only one I know of that kind of got combined in with Duck Day. Uh, I don't remember. You remember one, Hank? I don't remember yeah. any others. Most of those came in, you know, May. They wanted to have that prank sort of right before they got out of here. Uh, so they weren't weren't sure what we might do to them in, in response. <laughs> yeah, they they pulled it off. Um, <laughs> but Steve, you've got you've got a history of uh, you know having been a student here back in the seventies. Uh, take us back to some of your favorite pranks over the years that uh, you may or may not have been involved in. You don't have to admit that, you know. No, I wasn't. I wasn't involved. In of course any. not. Uh, yeah, but I've done some research. Yeah, I have you down. I know who is. <laughs> <laughs> I was involved. So you know there. who to talk to, do you? Yeah. In fact, uh, in fact, I think one of my favorite. Well, here we we're sitting out in the the quad. Yeah. And uh, just in front of me is the chapel, and it's such a beautiful building. And, and that, you know, back in the '60s and '70s, that was a tremendous landmark here, and so it was probably the target. Uh, for any kind of prank and one of the best pranks that I I can recall is uh, there were two juniors who uh, actually graduated in the class of 71 but they wanted to punk or preempt the seniors in the class of 70 with their own prank and so they decided to use the chapel as the base of that prank and so uh, the two masterminds actually there are three were uh, David McCauley, John Whitaker, and Alan McCauley. Great guys, uh, certainly connected to the school. <laughs> <laughs> and that may explain how they came, came across some keys that allowed David and John to go up into the chapel tower. And then actually they had uh, uh, harnesses 
and they found their way up to where the clock is. And prior to all of this, John Whitaker happened to know a, uh, a student at another school who was an art major. And so that student designed this life-size replica of Mickey Mouse. And so their plan was to tape onto the chapel clock, the hour, hour hand and the uh, minute hand, or whatever, uh, Mickey Mouse, and let it kind of move all the way through the rotation. And so here they are, <laughs> it's, it's pitch dark. Uh, they also had access to the light switch, so they turned all the external lights off. And back then there were spotlights all around the chapel. And uh, luckily though, they had their third member of their team, Alan McCauley, he was stationed over at the Lutheran Church parking lot. And he was kind of their, their safety watch guy. So anyway, here's David and John, and they're up there putting those hands on the clock. And all of a sudden, Alan McCauley calls David on this walkie-talkie. Says, uh, David, uh, we've got a problem here. David <laughs> says, what's up? He said, well, there's a police officer standing down here next to me, and he doesn't believe that you guys are actually up there. And he said, uh, Alan said, David, would you go down and turn the lights back on so that I can prove that you guys are up there and we're doing this and it's okay. So David runs down, turn the lights, flips them on and flips them off and goes back and police officer says, hey guys, all right, I believe you. Uh, Y'all be careful now. <laughs> and, then, and then he takes off. But uh, so uh, the cool thing is it was just beautiful. And I'm sure if you've seen pictures of it, you'll, you'll appreciate it. And if you haven't, uh, we'll probably include some links to those. But uh, kind of the last touch was John had written a poem and it was all about this experience. And it was, he was gonna go ahead and just admit as soon as they walked off campus. So he put the poem under the door of the head of school. And so the first thing in the morning, the head of school sees this poem and it's kind of this acknowledgement that, that he and David and Alan were involved in this. But uh, <laughs> that to me is, is really a classic one that uh, uh, I, th I think most of us who were around back then just recall finally. Oh, yeah, that is great. Yeah, and, you know, the chapel clock is still visible. And, uh, you know, how long did the hand stay up there? Uh, I don't know, but uh, uh, the, 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 the clock actually moves every minute. And so they had to time it so that when they were sticking that, taping oh, that Mickey Mouse oh, onto yeah. the clock, they could only do it for like 50 seconds, and then they'd have to back off and let the clock bounce down for That's another clever. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys, no wonder they're so successful today. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Back to the Future and uh, the old professor trying to get Marty McFly at 88 miles an hour with a lightning bolt, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, Hank, when you, uh, in your illustrious career, what, what, what's the first prank that comes to your mind without a lot of prompting? Yeah, so Steve mentioned landmarks on campus. And so the first one, I'm sitting here looking the other way. He's looking at the flagpole oh, right yeah. here in the middle of the quad. Been here as long as I've been here through renovation and update and adjustment. That big flagpole has been standing strong the whole time. So one year we come rolling in sometime mid-May. And I'm telling you, there are 25 spare tires <laughs> dropped over that flagpole from the ground at least two-thirds of the way up. How, I mean, how do you do that? Still don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> still don't know. Yeah. 
20 something years yeah. later i got no idea how they did it because Steel belted radials too man. they were because yeah. the first thing maintenance did was try to cut them out <laughs> <laughs> and all they did was have sparks fly and tires spin yeah. and nothing happened and uh, then they ended up having to get one of those bucket lifts yeah and and go raise it up and lower and pull each tire off yeah, one after the other it was remember the sign was an ordeal this was the best part <laughs> That's great. this was the best part they got white paint and from top to bottom on that thing they put i'm tired of school <laughs> <laughs> yes they did that so, one yeah of all the ones that one got the fiscal plant more than any of because they did. they yeah you know, usually they had a, cl a clever way of coming in and kind of unraveling but that one they tried sawing it. They tried. I think they even tried an acetylene torch, but then they they smoked up the tires so bad that they had to stop doing it. So they had to lift everyone off one at a time. Uh -huh. yeah. I was a student then, and I remember the the when I, I walked by it in the morning and saw it and kind of laughed. They were there all day. I yeah. mean, every time yeah. we came by, it was they were cutting it. They got yeah. a forklift and some two by fours, and were trying to lift them all. That didn't work. They had to try I think several different things. And yeah. as a boy who was uh, not involved with that prank directly, but saw it. We got a big kick out of watching all oh, yeah. the effort. To that was a great prank. Yeah. Well, and, it, and, and it fit the bill. You know, the bill is creative, but not destructive. Not, yeah, it didn't tear up anything. Mm -hmm. And they, it fit the bill yeah. to a T. It was a win all the way around. And Those one, guys got One it. key point, too, is that back then we didn't have lights on the flagpole, so we took the flag down every night. Mm -hmm. So they didn't mess with any of the flags or anything like that. It was all, they, they had really thought that one through. But yeah. it had, it left black marks on the flagpole for oh, a did. long time. You know, <laughs> I, I, they finally wore off. The one, the one that I remembered, uh, and I'm not going to say the clash year, uh, but uh, it, was, it was the night before, wee hours of the morning before graduation on, on we, at that point we still, even back then we graduated on Sunday morning. Uh, because it's the one morning, even now, where we know that, you know, we can get every boy there, no matter what's going on with athletics or all of those things that, that, that could come into conflict with it. But anyway, they they let, uh, I don't know, a couple of crates of chickens out on the campus. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't paint them. They didn't do anything like that. I mean, they just let them go. But one of the best thing they did was that they spelled out the class year on the quadrangle in corn. Remember that? I do. And uh, yeah. and so I got this. I got I got a call at like four in the morning from security, uh, and this one security uh, fellow, great guy, but he was prone to get excited over things like this, and he <laughs> he just didn't know how we were going to work our way out of this with the graduation coming, and everything else, and so they had taken this corn to spell out the year, you know, two thousand and whatever. That's close. I'm going to say, and. I kid you not, the chickens had clustered onto this, where this food was, and they were, they, this this year was spelled out in ch live chickens. Um, <laughs> maybe with a gap or two, but not many. I mean, not if many. you'd taken a picture of it from above, and I wish I had, I know. which I, I could know. have back then, yep. uh, you'd have seen it. So anyway, we didn't have time, you know, we used to try to always break the case and then threaten guys with not walking unless they told us, And but they had timed it in such a way where there's no way you're going to do that. And so... We're up on stage, and um, and I start getting, uh, you know, guys would shake my hand, and then they they started handing me a chicken feather, and and I I wasn't catching on, you know, because I was just focused on not messing up or whatever role I had in, in graduation, which wasn't very much except to shake their their hands, and uh, 
And I had, before it was over, like 25 chicken feathers. I mean, this, this almost a, a fourth of the class was involved in this thing. And, uh, and I finally caught on, but before I did, the crowd caught on. Oh. And they were, every time I'd get a feather, the, the crowd would laugh. And so it, it got a little irreverent there for a while, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we survived it. And I, yeah. But I thought of all the ones I'd seen. That one was, as you said, harmless. The chickens got fed. Yeah, they did. And uh, they did. But it took us a while to catch them all. They started roosting in the trees. The last chicken we got had made it all the way to the main entrance on Dodds Avenue and was hiding in those trees. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We finally exactly. got him. It took a while. It was funny where they'd turn up. You are listening to Stories from the Ridge, the podcast series from Macaulay School alumni, parents, students, and friends. I'm Kenny Scholl, Assistant Head of School, and we'll resume our conversation about Duck Day and Senior Pranks in just a moment. If this podcast awakens any memories you have about Duck Day or Senior Pranks, please let us know. Just send us a note at info at macaulay.org. And who knows? Maybe we'll even try to do a follow-up podcast with some of your stories. And let us know any other suggestions you may have for future podcasts. Again, that's info at macaulay.org. I also want to encourage you to participate in the Big Blue Day of Gratitude that will occur on April 21, 2021. For a 24-hour period, the Macaulay community will come together to share stories online about teachers, friends, classmates, experiences. Your gifts during this Big Blue Day of Gratitude will help us continue to create great experiences and great memories for Macaulay boys for generations to come. So mark the date, April 21st, and watch your email for further details. Now, let's get back to the quadrangle and continue our conversation and stories about Duck Day and senior pranks with Hank Hopping, Steve Hearn, and Jim Daughter. I had a classmate named Ayanga Akpukawurik, a great guy. Um, he was a three-sport athlete. He won the Chester Stevens Athletic Medal, so um, stud athlete, was Keo Kayo, um, great guy, played college football and professionally for a little while and is a software developer now. But he, um, Akpukawurik, pr pretty long name. And so we decided in one of the sections of the bleachers, there's about four sections, that we could fill up an entire row if we each had a letter of Akpukawurik across our chest. And so that uh, was a bunch of boarders. We were up in South Hutch and uh, Patch Lawson, who is not only a classmate and a, and a good friend, but is a colleague in the admission office. Uh, he and I were kind of the, the ringleaders of it. And uh, we're outside his dorm room. And so we get all the other guys painted up and uh, Patch is painting the, the letter on me. and. He says, man, it'd be fun if we had something painted on our backs. I said, yeah, you know, what What should we do? And he's like, wouldn't it be great if um, if Baylor sucks? We're like the same number of letters as Akpaka work. And we kind of giggled, and we were both doing the math in our head and kind of made that connection at the same time and looked at each other, and we were like, well, I mean, we we got to do it. So uh, we did, and, uh, you know, as, as if you were sitting on the court, uh, you just see the, the front of us, so you just see Akpaka work. Um, but we try and time it where we would all spin around um, and folks could see the back. And Hank, you may have may have caught us. I forget. Somebody kind of I didn't catch notice. I know you. Yeah, we, I never did. We missed it with you, but we, we tried to be sneaky about it, which on the front row of the biggest basketball game yeah. of the year, that was a little tougher. Yeah, I think y'all 
did the spin maybe maybe we got you on the third try yeah yeah so but you got a couple of them where the whole crowd yeah. got a good <laughs> yeah. look we couldn't figure it out we were hank and i were standing by each other doing our crowd control thing and um you know we and when the crowd kept laughing at the wrong times and uh, <laughs> or cheering at the wrong times or booing at the wrong time whatever and i said something's going on and he looked back just in the right time as i think as they were spinning, he said, they're spinning for some reason. Yeah. And he went over there and made them all turn around. And uh, we, <laughs> we, had, we had fun with that one. That uh, there are countless pranks we could list and go into great detail on. But I thought maybe we just might hit a couple of them on, you know, maybe maybe not in as much detail. Just so it would maybe shake up some memories of some folks that, uh, you know, had to part in them. Or remember mm-hmm. being here when they, were, when they were done. So why don't we just go around and, and kind of just mention one give a brief description of it hank so why don't you start yeah so for all you guys who love john strang and we all love john strang oh, yeah. that was a great one the prank where must have been 50 guys pulled their cars all the way up to the quad from one end of it to the chapel just parking cars parking cars parking cars and in the front dash of every car it had john strang parking pass <laughs> and uh the tribute to John, who would literally, in the later years, park his yeah. car anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a great tribute. It was, and I, it took. Remember how long it took to unravel that? Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. it took it took half a day to mm-hmm. get those guys out of there, and we made them go to class, and then we made we got them we got it done in their free time. But I mean, if, if one car would block thirty, it yeah. took forever. Yeah. That was that was a great one. Yeah, yeah. Steve, uh, I was talking with uh, Skip Brock, and he shared with me. In 66, he and some of the other boarders went up to Colonel Armstrong's house, which is a house on the hill next to the head of school's house. Uh, and so back then, uh, most everybody drove a about a 25-foot Buick or a yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30-foot Oldsmobile or whatever. Well, Colonel Armstrong had like a, a three-foot Fiat 500. And so these guys, they, they put the car at night. It's dark put the car in neutral, rolled it down the hill, and somehow found a way to get it on the side roof of the dining hall. And so <laughs> those guys, they, there's obviously, and you go back and look at yearbooks, there are pictures of that little bitty car on top of that that flat part of the roof. Isn't that great? Yeah. So that, I, I, yeah. I think that's an interesting story. Yeah. Jim, any from your days? Yeah, you know, one, I'm gonna stick with your car theme here, Steve. Um, when I was a sophomore, I believe it was when Tim Chaquin came. He was an English teacher at the time, as our, our dean of students now, and he drove a Volkswagen Golf, which is not much bigger than a golf cart. And every day, it would only take four guys, and I don't know if it was the same four or if it rotated, but they would go out and they lift his car up and they would just move it to another spot, maybe not far away. <laughs> But just enough so that he comes out, you know, looking for his car and, and kind of has a moment of panic before realizing, which he learned, even though he's a new faculty member, he learned he if he showed any frustration with that, that was just going to egg him on. So he just kind of let it go, would go to his car and uh, wherever they had put it um, and, and kind of carry on with, with his business. But uh, that was always kind of a funny little one that was not destructive and yep. was mostly yep. creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. I remember that, too. And he did. He did ask us, "What should I do?" And mm-hmm. I said, "I, I wouldn't. Not till they, not till they ding your car up. I wouldn't worry about it too much." Um, I guess we'd have to mention the upper school library for those that were 
around in that era. Yeah. Uh, we, our library is now virtual, um, except in the middle school where we still maintain, uh, you know, uh, stacks and such. But uh, the library was always the source of the prank for, I guess, ten years running. And it yep. some and some of those crickets in the uh, the. the you know the what do you call that thing, Hank? The book, 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 yeah, return. The book, book return. return. Yeah, yeah. Had a, yeah. It was, it was a great idea in theory. <laughs> there was a metal slot there. I mean, it, somebody had gone to great lengths so that we wouldn't tear or the kids wouldn't tear up the the uh, depository. But it uh, it was a slip and a book would fit in it. But I mean, that thing was made. Remember that thing was welded. And, it was welded. I mean, made you couldn't blown it up. But they would put stuff in it: lizards and crickets, and uh, you know, just. <laughs> I mean, just all they kinds of all stuff. Kind they, of gifts it it never there. ended. And then they, we had one year with some some guys. Uh, and one of those was I'll have to mention the name here. One of the Huffakers. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. He led a group uh, into the into the library, and they didn't think they could get in, so they really didn't have a plan. And they they got in, and so when they got there, now what do we do? And they took every single book off the stacks. Oh. And uh, now that one. Uh, we, we laughed about it after the fact, but it, yeah. was, it was during exam time, and people still use the library for that, and that was a, that was a train wreck. But I, I, there are a lot of those, and they're well, you know, and even yeah. when we uh, converted the library into the learning center, so just a few years ago, oh, yeah. this one was a pretty good one. I got to give them props for this. They decided they were going to take every piece of furniture, including the rugs and the lamps and everything else, out of the learning center and set it up in the quad. Yeah. So they started, and they, they get this thing rolling it for about an hour into it. They're setting up chairs and tables exactly where they were inside and where they are outside. So it's looking like a perfect mirror image of the learning center, only in the quad. But then they got a little, I think they got a little bored, or maybe they were tired and they had to get finished, or maybe they thought they'd get caught or something. Because by the time it ended, there was stuff just kind of strewn around. I mean, there was chairs hanging in trees. Yeah. There was the rug. I'm not sure where they put the rug. I think they rolled it up and dumped it on a, a, a table somewhere. But the best part, one of the best parts, was when we rolled in the next morning, there's Sumner McCauley setting up shop in the learning center, in the quad, yeah. like it's another yeah. day at the office. Yeah. You know, all my meetings, I'll have my meetings yeah. down here, all my student stuff is going on down here. We're, we're, the learning center is in session. And so and then the other best part was, Turned out, we made some guys who had to work off demerits take it all back in, and about three or four of them ended up being the same guys who'd taken it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it works that way. There's some, yeah, there's something to that. Yep. Uh, one, one of the things I wanted to do real, very quickly is just talk about some of the worst ideas for pranks that, that never came to fruition. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The guys ran by me. Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, one was this. This was this was around Duck Day. This guy came in the office. He said, "Listen, I got an idea about how we can announce Duck Day." He said, "I've got a friend that's got a helicopter," and he said, "Thought what I'd have him do is is hover over the quadrangle, and we would drop these plastic ducks down on the quad." And I said, "Well, how much do the ducks weigh?" And he said, "Well, they're they're light." I said, "Well, then they'll give you, they'll be blown everywhere." And he said, "Well, then we'll make them heavier." <laughs> I said, I want you to think about what 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 that means if we make them heavier. And we, he said, Well, yeah, I don't guess that'll that'll work too well. But he, he still came back a couple of days later with another way we could do that. We did not. And then the other one was I had bought. Gosh, I can't remember when this is. It was 
back in the 90s, I'd bought this old pontoon boat uh, from from Rain, Wayne Reynolds. Uh, and Wayne, as you, if y'all don't my, might remember Mr. Reynolds, but he kept everything and, and spray painted everything. So I bought this old pontoon boat from him. And uh, I had it parked. In, in the school parking lot temporarily and Spencer told me you can only leave that thing there for so long it was an eyesore but it did run and so this senior walked up to me and he says hey <clears throat> we got a great idea for the prank and I said okay and back then we were kind of working with the guys to make sure they didn't you know right. go too far yep. and he said some nut has parked a pontoon boat over there <laughs> and he said we're going to put it in the quadrangle and so I played along as long as I could. And I said, well, do you have any idea who that nut is? And he said, no. And I said, well, I'm that nut. Does that make any difference on your, your, your plans? He said, yeah, it probably tweaks it a little bit. Uh, you know, we may want to rethink it. Uh, there have been many others like that. Uh, okay. I've got, I've got a couple, just a quick shout outs for senior pranks. One, uh, actually, they deal with Caldwell Hall. And, uh, gosh, I think it was in 1965, some students uh, somehow rearranged some shingle packages that were being used to re-roof Caldwell Hall, and they spelled Sea Rock City. A photographer took a picture of it, and it made the AP wire, <laughs> and so it was worldwide. And so I was looking through a yearbook, maybe it's the next year, and in the yearbook, they would go to different vendors and businesses in town to do ads. And, of course, Rock City bought an ad, and they used that picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. That is good. That's real good. Well, one year, I'm sitting here looking at, at Spears Stadium right down here. One year, these guys hung a class flag from the top of the flagpole, not the flagpole, the light pole, yeah. on the northeast corner of Spears. I'm looking at that thing. It's got to be 100 feet up in the air. And we finally caught them. And you know what they said? Well, well, we were buckled in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like to that is the this was this was before the Baylor game, and this one boy was a really good climber. I mean, he he was he was the real deal, and, and snuck off campus in the wee hours. Took his roommate with him, who was not a good climber. Mm -hmm. And the two of them climbed, got scaled the fence, and climbed a cell phone tower and put a big M on the on a big big M flag white with this big blue M that you could see all over town. Yeah. I mean this thing was massive and no one would have ever caught this guy but he was so proud of it you know that we, we didn't have social media wasn't like it is now so we couldn't couldn't really do all of that but he let it be known that he had done it and he was so proud of it he couldn't stand it so punishing him was quite uh, it was a lot of fun because he was fun. so proud of it and we actually arranged for a, a, a Macaulay alum who was at the time, I think a, he wasn't a JAG officer, but he was a, he was an he was an officer in one branch of the military. And we said, hey, you know, isn't that a federal offense? He said, well, you know, yeah, maybe. And he, and so what if you what if what if we bring this kid in the office and you call him and you really you t you use your title and you you scare him to death. So we did that, and uh, <laughs> for a while we had the guy going, and then he realized. Then then this guy said something over the top, you know, kind of a, that he was going <laughs> to put him in the brig or whatever he said. And I kind of let the cat out of the bag. But we had fun for a while, uh -huh. you know. That was good dealing with him. Great, that was a great one though. Yeah. Thank the Lord it ended up safely. Yeah.
Yeah, you know, it takes it it, it takes more than one uh, uh, guy to do it, and, and really, I go back to that the one Hank mentioned about the stacking the tires on the flagpole. When you look at that group of guys, that's something that they would have done. That's what executives pay thousands of dollars to do in some training. Exactly right. Training yeah, exactly episode, right. don't they? Yeah. How do we team build. I mean, they. Right. Well, they had. Right. I mean, that took a lot of work. They had to go get the tires. They had to have a funding source. They had to get them here. They had to keep them hidden. You know, they had to have all the ways to to, to get up and down that flagpole without you know without getting injured and and so they and it was again the beauty of it was it was well organized we didn't catch them in the act and it was harmless uh and it was irritating to some but uh it was harmless so those are the best when you've you know the ones that that when just a few guys try to pull it off it's not as you know it's just typically not as uh you know far reaching you know is what i would say Uh, and and i'll be honest over the years they've we don't see as much of that, and and I, I don't know if it's social media, uh, you know, I don't know if I've yelled too many times in the chapel about behaving or frontal lobe. I don't yeah, know. I hope yeah. not. Uh, but every year, you know, Hank and I are hoping for a really clever senior prank. And this year, we, of course, with COVID, they couldn't do it last year. But, but yeah. I think this group might just pull it off. Yeah, yeah. they may. You know, they they're they're pretty creative. They love the school. That's the other thing too. The guys who do it right love the school. It's not a it's not a anything where they're trying to get back at you they love the school and they kind of want to leave their mark and uh and that's the fun of it you know to me y'all may have other ideas about it but i no i think you're right i think it is that combination you know it's harmless it's fun it's potentially annoying in the short term but it definitely has that underpinning of a love for macaulay yeah that's exactly right. and for each other i mean you can tell that these guys really love each other they take the time to pull a project together you know yeah jim daughter was one of those guys he was the ringleader in a lot of this stuff probably yeah. some that we don't know about yeah jim right. no comment. <laughs> well folks we've had the best time uh you know this is one we didn't really have to prepare for we just we, we have such fond memories of, of this kind of thing around the ridge it's what's kept us here all these years and uh it frankly keeps us young uh, as we look forward to it and uh it's been a special time to, to be with Steve and Jim, Hank, and uh, thank you so much. And thanks so much for listening to all of our podcasts. Uh, you know, it's, it's, they're of all, they're all ranges. There's history. There's, you know, they're, they're, they're ones about boys. So be sure and, and, and listen in. But uh, uh, thank you for the joining the one about the pranks. And uh, feel free to email with any of us about one we might have forgotten. Or if there's a prank out there that we've never solved. Now is the time to let us know that you are the one. (laughs) Go Big Blue.